So this past year, we've been talking about uh, crafting for ourselves a year of excellence. And a year of excellence is uh, an odd thing to kind of hope for, because we're talking about building for ourselves in, in a tight 12 months. Like, I know that we're already at the end of January, which is wild, but we still get 11 more months of living into our best lives. You know, taking up these New Year's resolutions if you make them, or uh, these goals that we might have set for ourselves, and truly living into them as both individuals and as the church. And so thus far in our conversation past month on the year of excellence, we've talked about uh, uh, vision, relationships, and service. As we've talked about vision, we recognize that if we want to live truly transformed lives, then we need a reason to stick to it. In other words, we need to answer why we want a year of excellence. Then we look at relationships which, uh, we under, in which we understand that we need both ourselves and others, as well as all of creation and God to go with us if we want more than just a mediocre year. We came to an understanding of who we want going with us and why we need them. Then last week in service, we were asked to consider, could each of us look not to our own interests, but to the interests of others? Because sometimes the year of excellence is for more than just us. However, all of this that we've been talking about, in our, you know, even if we just take it to New Year's resolution, all of this, it doesn't mean as much if we can't sustain it in some way. You know, it's that same thing. People like, every year start out saying, I'm going to live a healthier year. This year I'm going to go to the gym often, and I'm going to eat well for every single meal. I'm going to become very familiar with the different types of greens that are in salads. And we get to about January, what's the 24th, 5th, 6th, and you know, we've already completely forgotten what a salad is and where the gym is located at because we weren't able to sustain it. Because we have nothing holding us to. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Sustaining a year of excellence. So, in sustaining something, we need to have some amount of structure. Something that we can cling to. Something that says, this is going to be what's holding it all together. And in structure, for a year of excellence, what we're really talking about is, what can we control? And so I want to ask you right now. What in your life have you ever felt in control of? Let's think about that for just a minute, you know. Things in your life that you actually felt in control of. I asked that time when I am thinking about this question because, you know, I'm going to ask you a question. I like to have an answer as well. Um, and, and, you know, I came to a couple of understandings. One of the best things that I can control is uh, what I wear every day. You know, even though I have a, a set wardrobe, very small, wardrobe uh, that I can choose from. If you spend more than a week with me, you realize I cycle with the same outfits. Uh, even though I have a very set uh, wardrobe, I can still choose what I want to wear that day. So it's something that I have control over. And I hope you're actually thinking about this for yourself because you might come to the same realization that I did, that the only thing we really have control over is ourselves. See, some of you may know I'm in a master's program for counseling right now. One of the things that they teach us when working with clients who all they do is complain about other people, which ends up being a lot of 
people just like complain about each other for some reason. Uh, whenever we're working with clients who like to complain about other people, we're taught to recognize I can only help those who are in this room. I cannot help anybody who's outside of this conversation. We can only control ourselves. Another way of looking at this is a bit more crude, and I apologize if this cruises you out, but I've heard it said before, you can pick your friends, and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. <laughs> you can only control yourself. <laughs> uh, you can try, but you can be upset with Control in a year of excellence calls us to understand that this year will be what we allow it to be. Another way of, and this really is a good time to point this out, another way of understanding a year of excellence is that a year of excellence is not the same as a perfect year. There are plenty of things in life that can lead us to a bummer of a year. Uh, outstanding circumstances that are beyond our control that just really need us. A year of excellence is not the same as a perfect year. We've been told there will be trouble. Rather, a year of excellence means crafting a year of being our best selves, of being the best we can be for ourselves, for others, for all of creation, and for God. And so, I want us to look back at our text today and see how Paul has to unpack this for us. Paul says in his uh, letter to uh, the church of Colossae, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothed Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against one another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in wisdom. And with gratitude in your heart, sing in spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through you. Paul's words to the Colossians are incredibly profound whenever we recognize that all we can control is ourselves. But they're also one of those that's a lot easier said than done kind of things. Paul says, clothe yourself. With compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and above all, love. Remember, I said earlier that one of the only things I really feel in control of is what I bear. This is kind of what Paul's talking about as well. The only thing we can control is ourselves. And so we hear this, and we think, yeah, that makes sense. That's something I would like to do. I would like to be clothed in compassion and patience and love and all these fancy things. But what does it look like to clothe ourselves with these impactful outward expressions of the Christ that dwells in our hearts. I went to public school in North Alabama. People here public school are like, what? You went where? You know, I, I didn't understand until moving down to Montgomery and into Mobile that, that uh, in private school is like an okay thing. What I mean is, uh, growing up in North Alabama, everybody goes to public school. If you went to private school, it was just because you got kicked out of three different public schools. And so I came down here and I keep hearing everybody say like, oh, I'm at this so-and-so private school. I'm like, you are horrible people. <laughs> but I went, to, I went to a public school and uh, during my time in high school, the school board tried to implement a uniform policy. And, uh, and it didn't go over well with us students. It, 
outpouring and signing a petition, all of us students, even some of the faculty, uh, around 4,000 some odd signatures that said, we will not do this on the grounds that what we choose to wear every day is an expression of our personalities, of who we are. And we won. We did it. They, they, to this day, have not brought back up the conversation about uniform policy. I understand the convenience of it, how nice it is and everything, but we were very impassioned about wearing what we wanted to wear. Because that's what clothes do for us. They convey to the world around us something about who we are. Something about our personality and what makes us us. If you look around and people sit around, except for these people up here, uh, <laughs> you see what you know, everybody's wearing, you're like, oh, I, I understand a little bit more about what matters to you. I understand a little bit more about who you are as a person. And so Paul here is calling us to clothe ourselves with love as an expression of our identity. To let people know what we are all about. He's saying, put on these traits which Christ exuded. Let them be your own. In building a year of excellence, we are being charged with ensuring that we can sustain it, that we won't give up, and that every day will be a meaningful journey. And so the best way that I can think to maintain the vision of God in our lives, through our relationships, and through our service, is by equipping ourselves with the structure of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and above all, love. To let that be our guiding and governing factors, that which people see whenever they look at us. One thing in life we can control is ourselves. So rather than allowing things like greed or anger or selfishness to run out of lives and be what people see when they look at us, let us allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts. But I also want us to remember that Paul, when Paul's writing, he's not writing to an individual or a bunch of people gathered together. He's writing to, an, to a church, an entity, a community. And so we have to remember that this mindset that he's talking about, it doesn't just stop with us individually. He's calling the church to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and above all love. Remember that the church is God's tool through us to bring transformation to the world. But the rough part is that first impressions matter. They do. First impressions matter. We've all been taught that. You know, you're, you're taught you go to a job and you need to dress your best. That you know, you're supposed to uh, have these polite manners and act a certain way and, and be a certain way in order to create a good impression. Because no matter how nice you may be, how good of a person you might be, if people don't see that the first time, they're not going to believe it when you try to convince them again. And so first impressions matter. And I follow uh, an Instagram account. For those of you who may not know what Instagram is, it's a social media platform similar to Facebook. People can post pictures and videos and stuff. I follow an Instagram account called Preachers and Sneakers. And on this account, uh, every so often, they post pictures of famous preachers who are wearing uh, really fancy things, accessories worth over $100, shirts that cost more than some people's paychecks or shoes that are worth more than some people's cars. And it's fascinating because it's preachers wearing this. And so the first impression when people come to these churches are, that person has Gucci shoes. Do I need to wear Gucci shoes whenever I come to this church? I can see where that person is putting their money. Do I need to be doing that same thing? It's ironic because uh, it's fascinating for me to watch because preachers are supposed to be leading 
in stewardship, in recognizing that all money is God's money. Because in this, whatever we wear, whatever we put on for the people who are going to see us, it's going to send a message, both literally and metaphorically. You don't have to worry about that with me because the only name brand in that room is Target name brand. I don't remember extending my wardrobe beyond that. Uh, but what we wear sends a message, both literally and metaphorically. You can see, you know, what you're wearing matters to you is going to send something about your personality. And so Paul here is speaking, of course, metaphorically. You might have clothes that are called compassion or kindness. They, you know, this, these are uh, adjectives, these are ways of being, even. And so Paul says, anytime people visit a church or a church that they represent a community, they're looking at your clothes. Not your literal clothes, per se, sometimes your literal clothes, but your metaphorical clothes, your spiritual clothes. And so he wants to know, are we wearing shirts that say exclusive? Or are we, wearing, are we exuding welcome? Do our pants convey compassion? Or do they scream disinterest? When they see our shoes, will they see greed? Or will they see generosity? Once again, speaking metaphorically here, of course, as Paul does, to say that when people see us, he wants them to see love first and foremost. He wants that to be the first impression of the church and the world. Love, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and above all, above everything else, love. So that if I, if I personally am all that I can control here, then I should be making sure that I'm dressing myself for the occasion. That the clothes that I choose to wear, the way that I choose to express what's within me outwardly, should reflect the Christ that is within me. If all the church, the only thing that the church can sustain is its, uh, in its structure is itself, then we should be dressing the church with those things that make a difference in the world. These things that let people know, hey, when you come here, we are about compassion. We are about kindness. We are about uh, humility and meekness and patience, but above all, we're about love. And whenever people see us out in the community, they should say, oh, they have our kindness. They're showing compassion. And so my question to challenge us today is can we live into a year of excellence every day this year? Because that's where, that's where it matters, sustaining, being our best selves every day. I can choose one day a week to go to the gym and make that an excellent day for myself. But that's just one day. And it won't take me long for me to remember how much better my couch feels than the treadmill. <laughs> and so, can we do this every day? My way to encourage us to think about this is every morning this year, when you wake up, I know we're getting a little late start on this challenge, but every morning for the rest of this year, whenever you wake up and get ready for the day, I want you to think about the clothes that you wear, the clothes that you're picking out. And when you put on a shirt or pants or whatever you're wearing that day, tell yourself, today, today I am wearing peace. Today, I am wearing compassion. Today, I am going to wear love. Living into a year of excellence, a year of being our best selves, means choosing to do it every day and starting each day with that same mindset that today is a day that I am going to wear kindness or meekness, or patience.
let us choose to clothe ourselves with the outward expressions of the Christ who dwells in our hearts. To let other people know this is our light and this is how it shines. That whenever people see us and recognize what's within us by what they see on the outside, let them see compassion. Let them see kindness, humility. Let them see meekness and patience. And above all, let them see love. 